This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. It is on. The UAW launched its strike against GM, Ford, and Stellantis by shutting down three assembly plants in the wee hours of the morning. That includes GM's plant in Wentzville, Missouri, which makes the midsize Chevrolet Colorado and GMC Canyon pickup trucks. The Jeep plant in Toledo, Ohio, which makes the Jeep Wrangler and Gladiator, and Ford's assembly plant in Wayne, Michigan, that makes the Bronco and Ranger. By choosing plants in three different states, the UAW is making sure it's going to maximize its leverage and media coverage. GM and Ford complain that they never got a serious counteroffer to their final proposals, while the union says they did. So if they can't even agree on who offered what, No wonder they couldn't come to an agreement before the contract expired. So, what comes next? UAW Sean Fain will likely be personally visiting these workers who are on strike, keeping their morale high. And he'll be threatening to shut down more plants to slowly increase the pressure and pain on the automakers. But the car companies are probably not just going to sit down and take it. No doubt they're rallying the troops. Yesterday on AutoLine After Hours, Merrick Masters, a labor expert and professor at Wayne State University, laid out what the automakers may do. What they could do is they, they could say, maybe not in a lockout per se, but they say if they're going to strike certain plants, we need to shut down the others. Mm-hmm. Um, because we've got to protect our property, we've got to protect our facilities, and we're going to shut them down so that you just can't pick us off. And, you know, we're right. We don't want to take new orders. We don't want to start new processes and then have you strike the next day right in the middle of this and lose product and and have to go through that um, and suffer the additional losses. Uh, So because we can't plan and adjust, you just don't shut a plant down and reopen it, um, you know, easily. So I, I would say you'd want some more predictability in your operations and say, if you really want to make this a test of economic wills, let's make it a test of economic wills. By the way, Merrick Masters gave us a lot more insight into this labor struggle, and you can learn about everything he said by watching that show on our website or YouTube channel. One of the biggest concerns about this strike is that hundreds of small Tier 2 and Tier 3 suppliers who are already under financial distress, could collapse completely. These are suppliers who were financially crippled because of the big drop in production volume due to the COVID pandemic and chip shortage. With interest rates so high right now, they can't even afford to borrow the money they need to keep their operations going. And the UAW strike could be the straw that breaks the camel's back. So the Biden administration is looking at providing these suppliers with emergency low-interest loans from the Small Business Administration, or it may ask the Labor Department to provide grants to those companies to cover the cost of their workers. The strike is putting the Biden administration in a bind. President Biden says he's the most pro-labor president ever, but a prolonged strike could hurt his re-election chances. So if this strike goes on for more than two weeks, it's going to spill over into the political arena. And while the legacy automakers are struggling with a legacy union, Tesla is showing the world that it's a lot more than just a car company. Tesla operates a platform called AutoBidder that uses AI to trade electricity stored in its energy assets around the world, including power packs, power walls, and mega packs. 
the system controls over 7 gigawatt hours of battery storage, and according to a LinkedIn post by the head of AutoBidder, it's returned over $330 million in trading profit to owners and operators, which includes Tesla itself. So, if Tesla and its partners build up a big enough storage system, it could be electric utilities that are paying them to store and supply power. And it's moves like these that are going to make it even harder for legacy automakers to compete against Tesla. We want to know what drives your testing. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing, Intrepid Control Systems is here to help you work from anywhere. Intrepid Control Systems, driven by your data. Sustainability, that's one of the biggest buzzwords you'll hear in the auto industry. And the latest example is that Bosch entered into an agreement with the German-based truck and rental company Highlane to buy back fuel cell stacks it made for their hydrogen trucks once they've reached their end of useful life. Bosch will then have the stacks recycled by a third party to recover the platinum inside. Then the supplier will use that platinum to make new fuel cell stacks. The recycling process can recover at least 95% of the platinum, and Bosch says recycling can save more than 95% of CO2 emissions generated by platinum mining. Hyundai's performance brand called N just celebrated its eighth birthday. The automaker poached the head of BMW's M division, Albert Bierman, who's now a technical advisor with the group, to build up the N brand, which is becoming popular with enthusiasts. And it's those enthusiasts that are the ones providing feedback to the company, and that directly led to some of the improvements being made to the new Elantra N. One such thing is reprogrammed engine software that optimizes the use of high-octane gas for better performance. The software for the suspension and stability control systems were also changed, and there's a bunch of other improvements, including to the steering, the cooling for the engine and brakes, to the spoiler, and to various mounts and bushings. This new Elantra N will be the first N model that Hyundai offers in China, which joins the U.S. and Australia as Hyundai's other performance markets. Sales of the new Elantra N should kick off soon. EV startups are struggling to gain traction in the U.S. due to Tesla's price war and legacy automakers introducing more electric models. But Rivian is doing the best among the startups. According to Experian, 2,750 Rivians were registered in July, and in the first seven months of the year, it was more than 18,000. And that doesn't include the vans that Rivian builds for Amazon. Since most startups don't report monthly sales, the registration numbers help tell the story of what's going on. And Lucid Motors registered 348 EVs in July and nearly 3,800 from January to July. VinFast only had 19 in July and its seven-month total is just 170. And Fisker, which delivered its first vehicle in the U.S. in June, had 30 registrations in July. But while the startups are struggling, EVs are growing fast in the U.S. Of the 9.1 million vehicles registered through July, EVs accounted for 7.2% of them, which is up from 4.9% last year. This is something that's surprising to still see happening in 2023. 
Mercedes may be forced to recall vehicles in Germany because they have emission defeat devices. Germany's Transport Authority, KBA, says it found three devices installed in cars built under the Euro 6 standard, which is the EU's most recent and strictest limits. The European Court of Justice says the devices are illegal under certain conditions and ordered Mercedes to fix the problem or face a recall. Mercedes says it's cooperating with the investigation and believes it has a software update that can take care of the issue. But I wonder if this would have any impact on vehicle performance like the VW diesel software updates did. And if it does, it could lead to another lawsuit from customers. With the new traffic e-tech, Renault now has an all-electric version of its vans in each size segment. It will be offered in two lengths and two heights. All versions are powered by a 90 kilowatt or 122 horsepower electric motor, which gets its juice from a 52 kilowatt hour battery pack. It has a range of 297 kilometers or 184 miles, or with an eco mode that limits power and top speed to 90 kilometers an hour or about 55 miles an hour, the traffic e-tech can go 322 kilometers or 200 miles. At the moment, the battery is only able to charge with AC power of up to 22 kilowatts, but Renault says DC charging of 50 kilowatts will be available next year. Orders open next month and deliveries start before the end of the year. But that brings us to the end of today's show. Thanks for making AutoLine a part of your day, and I hope that you have a great weekend. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game. Scheffler, we pioneer motion. And by Tajin Automotive Technologies, the formula for better mobility. At Scheffler, we pioneer motion. Electrifying mobility. Manufacturing smarter. Reducing CO2 emissions. Making energy production clean. Scheffler pioneers motion to advance how the world moves. At Tejin Automotive Technologies, we combine world-class composite materials expertise with cutting-edge designs. Because frankly, there are better ways to lightweight vehicles. So lighten up with Tejin Automotive Technologies, the formula for better mobility. Wards is the industry leader for news, data, and analysis. That's why companies across the globe subscribe to our premium service, maybe even your own. Log in for subscriber access now. Check your company's intranet for details and rely on wardsauto.com to keep you informed.